Welcome to the Xterra Podcast. I'm Tom Penn. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy, as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website, as well as on this podcast. My guest is Dr. Kelly Muhammad, founder and CEO of KSF Space. The KSF Space Foundation is a nonprofit organization registered in Delaware. Dr. Muhammad, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Tom. Let's start out with some of the basics. Tell me what is KSF Space and what does it do? Uh, KSF Space is actually uh, a nonprofit organization. Uh, it was founded in 2016. Uh, we have the basic uh, mission is actually to encourage universities and institutions worldwide, especially in developing countries, uh, to develop a space mission for research and academic. So that was the main purpose why uh, we have created the Space Foundation. Tell me a little bit about your background. Well, I have... Uh, uh, um, I'm a telecommunication computer engineering, and uh, I've studied as well uh, medical engineering. I have a PhD in medical engineering. Then I went to University of California, Santa Barbara. I was a researcher visitor at UCSB. And then I had to move to management. Uh, you know, I had like different courses and diplomas from uh, Harvard Business School in terms of innovation management. So, so I have like a two main disciplines in my life, engineering and uh, business management. So what then brought you to getting into the space business? And then tell us how unique a nonprofit is in the space sector. Because we are nonprofits, so uh, we really don't care about the commercial part in our life. We care about science. So science is the most objective in our vision. So we believe that, uh, especially in developing countries, uh, they're facing a lot of problems with fundraising and uh, for research and development projects. So it comes in our mind, uh, myself and the co-founders, that uh, we need to bring something like an innovation, you know, uh, something really, uh, something really unique to R&D. So we have been, thinking about uh, why we should, uh, I mean, build something uh, to the nation to develop an R&D project for space uh, with affordable pricing, you know, comparing with other commercial sectors. So 2016, we created the Space Foundation and uh, because we believe in the space that this is this future industry and uh, in terms of telecommunication, earth observation, uh, uh, most of the application that will be relaying on the space technology in the future on satellites. So that's why we move to this kind of um, discipline and provide something unique uh, to the nation. Who are you working with right now? Uh, what do you mean by who are working with? Well, and what, what kind of projects do you have going? And I know we're going to get into that uh, in a little bit greater detail and a little bit later on in the program, but just kind of give us that 30,000 foot view of the kinds of things you're working on. 
Okay, basically we develop uh, a project with the university. We help university how to construct and build their own small satellites, or we call the CubeSats or nanosatellites. And uh, we have a different, uh, uh, different approaches over here. We have the education outreach program, and we have the manufacturing, and we have the launching systems. And uh, in terms of education outreach program, we have founded something called the Nanosatellite Engineering Professional Certification. It's the world first nanosatellite engineering professional certification, the small satellite industry. So we develop this kind of theoretical course uh, and to just to make sure that the students will be able to build their own satellite and they have a very good background in engineering side, you know. So, and then we move to the uh, manufacturing. We provide the students in university with our CubeSat kits, which is uh, one of the cheapest uh, in the world and most affordable as well. And uh, we help those students to construct and build it. And then we move to the launching services. So we have two options here. Either you go for uh, suborbiter rockets through our project Jupiter, or either you go for uh, orbital uh, uh, launch with uh, other partners like SpaceX and so on. Who else is on your team? We have so many people uh, on board with us. More than 200 engineers, they came from uh, aerospace background actually. Uh, but basically we have uh, five uh, uh, the board members who are taking decisions with us. And the rest, they are uh, volunteering members who are just involved in different uh, categories of projects. We have people in education uh, sectors, uh, small satellite education sector. We have another people who are involved in, let's say, uh, the hardware uh, building, um, the small satellite, building the electronics, the components, um, designing the uh, boards, PCB boards of our own satellites. And we have other people who are in charge with the rocket designing uh, with the Kansas University. Yeah. How do people find out about you? I, you say you have a team of over 200 uh, folks that, that, that you're working with. Did you go out and actively recruit them? Did they find you? And, and how do they get involved? Um, because we are nonprofit, so we, we usually don't have like a budget for recruiting, but we welcome volunteering. So once we have a project, uh, we're trying to uh, motivate, let's say, paying the uh, engineers who are involved with us in the project. And of course, we have to pay them like uh, uh, symbolic fees comparing with other commercial. Uh, but first of all, we're trying to select who will be joining us because we believe that people who love to give and give more in terms of uh, R&D, uh, they are capable to go with you with, uh, with a small fee. Now, you say you work with clients on satellites. So go a little bit more in depth, if you would, about the KSF CubeSat nanosatellite model. Uh, how does all that go together? Uh, okay. so. You know, in a small satellite industry, we have so many uh, companies. There, most of them, they are commercial company, and right. they, 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 most of them, they care about you know profitable business. So they, they just want to gain money from either uh, either from university or direct from clients or whatever. So we have designed our own CubeSat to match technical requirements for any standard CubeSats in the market with 
the minimum charge that cover only the cost of fabricating our satellites. So maybe this is the only difference. So our satellite is 100% uh, in-house build and 100% in-house design. And uh, we have a beautiful kit, you know, it comes with, uh, with all the boards and all the education uh, outreach. Uh, and, and of course we give like uh, training courses and uh, we, help, uh, we help them, the students to construct these kind of satellite uh, in a matter of just a couple of months with the coding, developing, programming, everything. So maybe this is the only difference between us and other uh, commercial companies. Uh, uh, yes. Do those institutions come to you with a specific mission in mind and then can you help them develop the software and the other ancillary hardware that will help them uh, accomplish that mission? Uh, let me say, not exactly. Most okay. of the clients or let's say universities or institutions who contacted us, they have, they just need help in developing their mission, defining their mission. So what would be the mission about? So we usually propose uh, a mission that is oriented with uh, climate change because we believe climate change is one of the most important issue is facing the whole nation in the future. You will see what I mean. So climate change is something really critical. So we're trying to develop a mission uh, for the universities in orientation with the climate change. You know, so with the satellites, we have different sensors, different uh, 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 measurements that uh, can determine uh, the climate change either in orbit or suborbit. And what kinds of sensors, what, what kinds of things are you measuring as far as when you talk about climate change? Are you talking, are you looking at, at the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere? Are you looking, what, what kinds of things do you look for? Yes, yes. Uh, we, we, have, we have been developing two missions for climate change, basically for CO2, uh, methane, uh, uh, radioactivities. Uh, uh, we did also one for... Uh, uh, ozone detection level mm -hmm. that was it from Mexico. So these kind of experimentations is really uh, attracting more clients, you know, more people from universities uh, to work on. You know, it's it's something really beautiful. I'm talking with Dr. Kiali Mohammed, founder and CEO of KSF Space. Take a moment right now to click on subscribe to be sure you don't miss any of our podcasts. Or if you're watching on YouTube, any of the videos from Xterra, the Journal of Space Commerce. Dr. Mohammed, you also offer an astronaut certification program. Now, what does that entail? This is a, actually, uh, we're still developing this kind of initiative with the NASA. You know, NASA, they have like uh, uh, a space center that they provide uh, uh, sort of training. So we're trying to develop this kind of program with NASA in collaboration with ESA, with European Space Agency. So basically the program will be divided in two sectors. Uh, uh, part of the training will be uh, held and, uh, at the uh, European Space Agency lab. And the other one, second one will be held in the NASA uh, Space Center, uh, most probably Kennedy Space Center because they already have the facilities to train. 
So it will be a, something like a rapid training for uh, preparation to become an astronaut. It's not really a concrete training, but it's a preparation to become an astronaut. So it's like giving you an idea how would the training uh, will look like as a you know complex and comprehensive training in the future. So it's like a, a two weeks up to three weeks training program. Uh, of course, it's affordable for anyone in terms of financial and uh, it should be between the European Space Agency facilities and the NASA Space, uh, Kennedy Space Center facility. So it's sort of like astronaut 101, if you want to put that well, in those academic terms. Yeah. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the Jupiter, uh, Jupiter rocket project. Jupiter rocket project. Uh, it's, uh, it's a suborbital rocket. It's a two stages uh, rocket that we have. Uh, uh, we, we have like a partnership with uh, uh, Kansas University. So there is like um, an aerospace, aerospace department, or let's say aerospace school. And the, the school, we signed a contract. So we will do the design together. And uh, it's just a matter of uh, uh, facilities. So they have a very good facilities. They have uh, uh, labs. They have workshops. Uh, this is well, you know, if we own such facilities, that will cost uh, like a million of dollars. So we took the chance and uh, we say, hey, hey, guys, we would like to develop our own rocket with your facility. And we invite people from your team, uh, students, master, undergraduate or postgraduate, uh, to work on that project, you know, with, with uh, leaded with the uh, professor uh, at the Kansas University Aerospace Department. So the idea looks perfect because at the end of the day, we are uh, not a commercial company. Uh, we are an NGO and we would like to provide um, a cheap suborbital flight for hardware testing, CubeSat testing, nanosatellite testing for anyone. And uh, the challenge was how we will do this because you know everyone is 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 outside the team. So we decided to uh, that we as a case of space foundation will be managing the project in terms of project management, you know. And uh, the Kansas University team, they will be managing all the technical uh, matters. So uh, right now we're developing the, the rocket and it should be uh, ready by August. So we have a test flight in August and uh, September we will have the first commercial flight. Where will those launch from? Uh, Utah. Okay. It, it sounds like what you're doing in, in that kind of a project is you're working with kind of budding aerospace engineers um, to make sure they have some real life experience in how to build a rocket, giving them an opportunity then to go out into the commercial world and say, okay, I already know the basics of building a rocket. Is that, is that kind of the, the thought process? Yes, yes. But you also have your sights set a little bit further out with the Luna Fox mission. What's that about? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's another exciting project. We are working with uh, uh, Maston Aerospace. So, you know, Maston Aerospace is uh, like a, a private held company by NASA. So we have uh, in 2024, mid 2024, May, uh, they will be sending an, uh, like uh, a vehicle uh, to moon. And we will have like a slot, a very small slot 
And uh, so in this slot, we will be developing a rover. Uh, the rover, we call it, uh, uh, I mean, the mission, we call it uh, uh, a lunar fox. So the rover will be, uh, it's like a robot that will be uh, managing all the, uh, I don't know how to say, uh, let's say mining, testing, mm -hmm. mining, experiment. Uh, we have different sensors. So he'll be like sort of uh, a small excavation uh, on the bottom of the surface. And he'll do sort of like uh, uh, onboard testing analytics and uh, sending all this information back to the vehicle and the vehicle will be sending this uh, to the ground station. So this is like a, a, a very competitive project and we are trying to gather more universe to participate in the Lunar Fox mission. This sounds like, um, again, much like with the Jupiter rocket project, it's, it's a way for your, to tie the academics and the real world experience together on a lunar mission. Is that, is that kind of the, the basic goal that you have with, with Lunar Fox? No, Lunar Fox has nothing to do with the Jupiter. Jupiter is a completely different project. Uh, it's only building a suborbital uh, rocket uh, mm -hmm. to be used to carry three CubeSats payloads for testing and university, they can send their CubeSats for testing. But the Lunar Fox is a separate project managed completely by uh, NASA and Maston uh, Aerospace. So we will have uh, uh, another universities who will be joining us to develop this kind of rover or robot. Uh, mm -hmm. And we will put the robot in, in the space vehicle, uh, I mean, lunar space vehicle of NASA, yeah. And finally, let's talk about your ability to perform some near space missions. What do you have going on in, in low to medium Earth orbit? Uh, Jupiter. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying because we have a very concrete, I mean, we have an exciting education program there. It's a nanocell engineering profession. We have more than 1,700 candidates who pass the exam. So this mm -hmm. is something really exciting for us. And it's a concrete project. It's running by its own. We are happy. Uh, the CubeSat kit, uh, it's beautiful. We're trying just to build uh, an advanced model in just a matter of time. The Jupiter one is my focus because I believe there is a still problem with so many people who are owning CubeSats and they have a problem launching them. So I'm planning to build uh, Jupiter 2. So once we have Jupiter 1, it will be a reusable rocket. We will have like a four flights annual. So once we have a success mission, we will be able to fundraise and build the Jupiter 2, which is going to be uh, perhaps an orbital rocket. You know, you mentioned fundraising and I've worked in the nonprofit sector myself and I know that every nonprofit thrives on fundraising. How can people get involved with, with your foundation and support what it is that you're trying to do? I mean, look at ourselves, what we're doing. We, are, we have started the Space Foundation from zero dollars done. And uh, I put money from my, you know, from my personal pocket and, and, and so on, the co-founders. So we built the entire Space Foundation just from zero dollars, you know. And we have built uh, competitive projects. I mean, we have uh, a professional certification. We have competitive uh, CubeSat kits. It's really competing other uh, commercials uh, companies over there. So why don't we get a fundraising? I mean, we're exactly. doing a tremendous job, you know? 
So <laughs> we're doing a really exciting job. So well, how come, you know, there's no company, no, no, no one interested to, to donate and do some fundraising for us? Well, hopefully, well, you might get some interest out of doing this with us. I, I hope that's the case because it sounds like it's, it, it's a, it's a worthy goal to be able to work on these educational projects. Um, the, the next generation of, of space engineers is going to need to be able to do a lot of things, and so I wish you all the best of luck with that. Um, Finally, just kind of one thing more, because we asked this of, of all of our guests, if you would just kind of look into your crystal ball a little bit the next uh, 10 to 15 years or so, uh, looking at space commerce and tell us kind of what you see on the horizon. Yeah, I can see many things in the horizon. Look at this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm expecting that we will have like 25% of the space, global space economy will be relying on consumer TV and consumer radio, uh, broadband broadcasting. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, 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 the next would be like, uh, I don't know, maybe 30% will be for Earth observation uh, and mobile satellite services. Uh, so we have a, a, a promising industry over here uh, in terms of uh, satellite launching, satellite manufacturing, ground equipment, uh, fixed satellite services, and et cetera. So it's a promising industry and uh, it's the chance right now for anyone who would like to do something in a space, it's the right time, the right moment to have a fingerprint in the space industry. I mean, in the future, 10, 15 years from now, we will have so many competitors. You're not gonna build your own name. You know, IBM and Microsoft, they already built their name 30 years ago. Sure. Yeah. So if folks wanted to get in touch with you and perhaps talk to you about helping you out with some funding, how would they do that? It's so easy. So they can just reach out to our website and uh, we will be happy to manage uh, like a call or a visit. And uh, uh, then we can hook them with our financial advisor. All right, and we'll make sure that uh, link appears uh, with the with the podcast here on Xterra. So that uh, that's all the time that we have, Dr. Muhammad. I really appreciate you taking some time to talk with me today, and and I wish you the best of luck. And hopefully, we'll learn more about the Jupiter project uh, in a in a future podcast. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me, Tom. That is going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. Be sure to click on subscribe so you can stay up to date on developments in space commerce and be notified when we post new videos. You can also get daily space commerce news at sterajsc.com. And one thing more, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter at xterajsc. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for joining us.